somewhere you're going to discover that you have something unique to offer. And it usually lies in those weird conversations you are having with your friends, your loved ones, your siblings, between like midnight and three in the morning when everybody's loopy and you are laughing uncontrollably because you share this unique sense of humor about something that one of your friends did or you did. That's your special stuff. That's like your zhuzh. And when you tap into that, you're going to find that you have something unique to offer. We are about to get many more insights on today's Super U podcast. So thanks for joining me and let's go, go, go. That's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Super You Podcast, the show designed to unlock and unleash the superpower in all of us. That's right. We just need the courage to wear the cape. We are all superheroes. We just need the courage to unfurl and wear that cape. So thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. We're going to get a lot of great tips and tricks from the Duplass brothers here today. We've got inspiration is waiting for you at the bus. You got to keep a lot of irons in the fire. When you hire someone, it's really about that personality over experience. And so can't wait to really get into it, unpack it. It's all made possible by the great folks at Amazon Prime. So if you're not a Prime member, definitely go check it out. They keep adding stuff each and every week. Now I've switched over to listen to Amazon Prime Music. If you're already a Prime subscriber, you might not have known this, but you actually get Amazon Prime Music, a certain level of it for free. But again, speaking of free, this podcast is free to you, the listener, and it's because you keep tuning in each and every week that we produce the show. So again, this show is really designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within you. So I hope today's show gives you that courage to wear the cape. So let's go. The Duplass brothers began their careers in the early 2000s, and they made short films and eventually moved on to feature-length films. They gained recognition with their film, The Puffy Chair. So a lot of you probably saw that. The Puffy Chair in 2005, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and was later released in theaters. They continued to make critically acclaimed films such as Baghead, Cyrus, Jeff, Who Lives at Home, and The One I Love. They also created the HBO series Togetherness and the Netflix series Wild Wild Country. Interestingly enough, Mark and Jay went to UT. That's right, right here in Austin, Texas. That's my alma mater for grad school at UT. And Duplass's Mark is married to actress Katie Asselton, who appeared in several of their films and television projects. And then Jay has acted in several films and television shows, including Transparent in the League. But most importantly, they are credited with popularizing the term mumblecore. I have a tendency to mumble which refers to a style of low-budget, naturalistic filmmaking. Gotta love that term, mumblecore. In addition to their work in television, they also have worked on podcasts, including the popular true crime series Room 104, and both appeared in the HBO hit series The Mindy Project, Mark playing a recurring role as Mindy's ex-boyfriend and Jay directing several episodes. For those that play the height game, not only do you want to guess the height of these two, but guess who's taller? Well, if you guessed that Jay is shorter at 5'9", you'd be right because Mark is at an even six feet tall. 
I'm the middle one of two brothers. That's right. There's three Quaman brothers. So can't wait to get some insights from these brothers. Let's get going. There's an old saying, especially in Hollywood, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, I think that's changed a lot because we've got things like YouTube, we've got discoverability on TikTok. So it's a beautiful world. You don't have as many gatekeepers. It's, it's not as high a cost to actually produce, say, a book. If I write a book, I can actually publish it myself. I don't have to make sure I get a publisher and an agent. Same holds true in a lot of industries that there's less and less gatekeepers. Now, you say that your work will speak for itself. So along those lines, that your work will speak for itself. Let us know what you mean by that. You know, for us, we, we really didn't make anything that we thought was really good until our mid to late 20s. Um, and, you know, we got our butts kicked back and forth a million times. We never did any cold calling, but we definitely, you know, we were, honestly, we kind of just got knocked back into a place where it was like, all right, we're just going to make some $5 movies now and we're going to see what happens. And, and we ended up just getting one of those really cheap movies into Sundance uh, and people loved it and we found that the best thing to do is just to to make your stuff and make it as best as you can at the level that you can make it at and it will speak for itself it's very hard to make something unique and new and good and um, once you do that we found that the doors open themselves for you um, and people ask you to you know make more stuff I mean by the time we made three short films Sundance was asking us repeatedly, when are you going to make a feature? And we were like, wow, we just got invited basically to make a feature because they wanted to see that from us. And, you know, the industry was saying the same thing too. Now, a lot of Americans, like we sit there and go, limitless, you know, here you wear a t-shirt, tank top, limitless. But sometimes we have to embrace our limits in constraints. Do you agree with that? Finding ways so that I am not floating in the sea of infinite possibility, but working within limits and working within um boxes you know has really helped that's what that's what my my room 104 show on hbo is all about like how many stories can you tell inside of a 400 square foot box um that limit helps keep me creative and and you know when i'm talking to people who are struggling right now or or even people who haven't really found their creative voice yet and are wondering what to do with themselves you know i um i'm very encouraging of embracing limits and if you don't have that many limits self-imposing them so that you can um beat against those walls and and find that as an inspiration to be be creative it really it really has worked for me and continues to work for me obviously i was uh doing some research for this and i was looking around it says that you guys said whether it's true or not that inspiration is waiting at the bus so i was excited to hear what does that mean inspiration is waiting at the bus Tom Petty has this incredible quote where everybody says, Jesus Christ, you look at your greatest hits record, you got like 25 hit songs. Like, how did you write all those amazing hit songs? What's the formula? You know, and in his wonderful Tom Petty way, he's just like, well, I was at, I was at the bus stop. You know, and they're like, what do you mean? It's just like, well, how are you supposed to catch the bus if you don't wait at the bus stop? And what he basically uh. came to say is just like, yeah, when people were out at parties and doing other things, whatever, like, I stayed close to my guitar. I kept it in my hand and I was ready for it when it came. Mm. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you can't cool. have a life, but I think it means being open and being aware and being perceptive about what's your, what's your mm. special sauce, you know? Cause there really is something inside mm. of everyone that like only you're able to tell that story in that special way. 
You know, one of the most talked about debates, whether that's with your kids, do they when when do they just go into one sport? If they're playing sports or they're playing multiple musical instruments, when do they just focus on that one thing? So there's, you know, the debate, was it better for them to play three sports in high school or is it better for them to focus on the one sport and truly go all in on the focus on that one sport? So there's a lot of analogies and metaphors we can use across the world. That's the one that jumps top of mind sometimes for parents is, you know, where's that line between super focus and specialization versus kind of that diversity and that flow along the work with you do is you do a ton of stuff. Like you're talking podcasts, you're acting, you're writing, you're directing. How do you, do you, are you a fan of keeping a lot of irons in the fire? I think that the, the best answer we can come up with is keep a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and it, it, it's sort of, uh, you play the numbers game a little bit and it diminishes the rejections because you have some other things going on. But I also think you have to be smart and be careful about how you put yourself out there. For instance, I am an actor, but I don't go out and audition a lot because it just kills my spirit to, to do that, you know, and it's really hard. Um, and, you know, we could, if we wanted to engage weekly on these big writing assignments that are open for, for people to come in and say, here's my take on this job. I want to get this job. If you do that, you get rejected 49 out of 50 times. And then the one that you do get means you're doing really well. But that's 49 rejections, you know, so we don't engage in that process as well. So we just try to protect ourselves to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, again, try to keep a couple of things going at once in case certain things burn out. As anyone becomes more successful, you got to hire people, right? Success doesn't happen alone. You got to surround yourself with the right people. And the big debates always, do I hire for the person that has the skill set? Like I need this special, special skill. Or do I take more of a reach on a personality that's going to fit, whether that's that movie, whether that's our organization, whether that's our nonprofit, who's a better fit versus the skill? And obviously the person that's a better fit has some skill level, but would you hire for personality over experience or, or what's your take on that? I found this out on accident, but I really believe in it now. Um, I hire strictly on thought process and personality style. Um, skill set is not even anything I consider. In fact, I find hiring an experienced producer can be a negative because the first thing they do is, well, I've got my budgeting software and my scheduling software, and we're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, hiring the most brilliant, inspired, and nice, loving, emotionally evolved people that I can, you can teach them all the other stuff in a week, you can't teach any of that other stuff. So it's not really anything new, but um, I find that often in the film business people really hire for credits um, and I don't believe in that. And it, most importantly, I, I like to uh, work with people who are young and excited and are willing to give me their best and are willing to take their errors because of their lack of experience because it's made up for in dedication and enthusiasm. So many times you're on a film shoot putting together a million dollar movie and they're like, dude, I think I can get um, you know, Bradford Young to be our DP for this. And I'm like, if you get Bradford Young by chance to work at 150th of his rate, he's gonna be so goddamn miserable on this movie and he's gonna want everything to go his way because he's working at a reduced rate. Don't do that to yourself. Hire the 26 year old kid who shot a beautiful short and is ready for his step up and will give you the world for it. Man, I can only imagine, I've got a million ideas popping around in my head, but it's the old adage, it's not about ideas. We don't need more ideas, we need execution. 
knowing that you're, you're so creative, like the ideas popping around in your head, how do you know which ideas are worth pursuing? My brother and I, who, you know, obviously our relationship is incredibly complex and a deep collaboration. Um, and it's a wonderful and terrible thing. Um, we talk a lot about what we are able to do with building blocks with each other because we do share the same creative brain most of the time. But every now and then you get an idea that is hard to explain, but it's a feeling-based thing. Uh, and you cannot verbalize it well. And if you don't verbalize it correctly, you will watch the eyes of the person you're pitching it to and they won't be excited and it will start to kill your own magic. So what I try to do in the early stages before I can get it together in my mouth, I try to hold it in the dreamscape stage. And it's a very important incubating stage for creative ideas, in my opinion. Um, and I've, uh, I've lost a lot of them because I took them out before they were ready to be birthed. Um, and, and then once you've kind of got it down to a place where you're like, I know what this is and I can verbalize it, uh, then I really, then I go to Jay and all my trusted collaborators and we start hammering it and trying to build the thing up. And if you find yourself truly exhausted after about two hours of talking about it, usually it means you're trying too hard to make something live that can't live. In my experience, the ones that are ready to go they start to come very quickly, and they will be rough hewn, but they will, they will make themselves known a little bit more quickly. So the, the long and the short of it for me is, you know, that whole Billy Joel thing, I never want to work that hard. Like if you, if you are sweating a lot, um, there's such a thing as too much elbow grease and you kind of let it go. And for me, they always end up going back into the pool getting caught up in the chlorine, and they come back to me a couple of years later and something else. So. On this show, we always stress that the old adage, practice makes perfect, is perfectly wrong because it's about proper practice leads to progress. An improper practice can lead to problems. So in this world, especially whether it's in the genres that you work in or just on a day-to-day -day level, I think that we all need to embrace. It's not about posting that perfect Instagram where your hair is perfect. There's like a fan blowing on it. You look amazing. The light's perfect. It's about being real. I think people really love people that are real. And I hope that's the case because I screw up on this podcast all the time. You hear me mumbling. I make mistakes. But what do you think about that? Is it more important to be real versus perfect? What I have told my actors and what I tell myself is your job is not to be perfect or to nail anything. Your job is, um, is to be real and vulnerable and emotional and whatever comes to you in this moment. Because if you're doing that, it's gonna be profound. And so that level of disobligation, uh, I, I have found in my directorial work to be the only thing that matters, truly. And um, I let the script and the clothes and the vernacular and the dialogue dictate the character, but my goal is that all of the emotions are 100% pure and real to who I am. All right, well, that's a great one to wrap up with. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I mean, this is great. It really gives me some insights on, on what I need to work on. So understanding that it's about embracing those limits and constraints. It's about keeping a lot of irons in the fire at some point 
And also, it's about hiring for that person. Who's a good fit? Can I have a beer with that person? Like, am I going to enjoy having a beer with that person if they're on the team? And also understanding, trying to figure out, you're not going to get it always right, but which ideas are worth pursuing. Trying to figure out which ideas are worth pursuing. And most importantly, it's about being real. It's about progress over that perfection. Speaking of progress over perfection, those that almost get it perfect are our great producers here, our great team here at Equal Man Studios, and that is Kelsey Gomez, Jake Brin, and Maritza Gutierrez. And thank you, our listeners. This show's not possible without you tuning in each and every week to the Super You Podcast. I hope this has given you the courage. Keep sharing us with your success stories or keep sharing us with when you're struggling. Maybe we can help out, reach out to you. So again, that's Equal Man at EqualMan.com. All of us are superheroes. We just need the courage to wear the cape. That's why we're all in this together. It's all about that community. And thank you for being part of the Super You Podcast community. So until next time, it's all about having that courage to wear the cape, embrace, step in, unlock, and unleash that superpower that I know is within you. And remind yourself that it's not about what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 you. Super.